What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I'm going to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 78.2. And we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Shinmu on the Year of the Bad Game. And, yeah. I have with me Matt. Hey, guys. Whew. Yeah, interesting pick for a bad game, and now that we're done with it, I still feel that way. It, well, it's, I, it's it's not a great game, but it's not a broken game like some of the others. Um, yeah, it's not inherently broken. It's a product of its time. I don't like this game. I oh. I, I really don't. That's a firm statement. Yeah, I mean, I, I came to that conclusion probably the, my last two play sessions. I was just like, I'm done with this game. I don't want to play it anymore. Um, not that it's inherently bad. It's just, I'm sick of this game. I, I, I just don't like it. I, 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 I never fully enjoyed my time with this game. The only thing I enjoyed the most was the, the dialogue, the, <laughs> the, the confusing, I don't like <laughs> you, you, you described it the best, Matt. It was, it was like two people are having two totally different conversations. At the same time. At, at each other. At not each other. To, not, not with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we left off. We were heard that, uh, we need to find the mad angels. Well, where do you find the mad angels? So they hang out in the harbor. They like to harass the workers there, particularly the new guys. So we come up with the big idea of, hey, let's go get us some gainful employment, which is the name of the achievement. Um, when you get your job. Uh, that took forever for me, um, walking around this entire harbor area, trying to find somebody who knew anything about a job. Yeah. Even, even with the walkthrough. So I guess I'll, I'll save my final thoughts, but to, to just to quickly piggyback off of yours, I didn't mind the game with a walkthrough without a walkthrough. I would have not enjoyed this game. So I played the majority of this game without a walkthrough. To be honest with you, I consulted the walkthrough probably closer toward the end when we got to the motorcycle thing. Because I didn't know what to do there. Um, <laughs> and I will, I will get into that. But so we run around talking to everybody, trying to figure out who has, who can get me a job. You get a bunch of like run around stuff, like I go to warehouse twelve or go over here and talk to these guys, and and it's like I don't have a job, and like oh, I'm back to square one. And anyway, so we go to um, uh, get a job. Eventually, we do get a job. We get a job from the idiot guy we fought before, the Pompadour guy, as I like to call him. His name is Goro. Who you see a ton in the last couple hours of this game. Yes. This guy spends every waking moment walking around the harbor. Strutting around the harbor. Strutting basically. around the harbor. Uh, and I know this because he got in my way so many times as I was trying to move a forklift. So... Our job that we do get is a forklift operator. Um, Not when I thought I needed it earlier in the game, but now we actually do it. Yeah. So forklift operator, you essentially 
are tasked every day with moving boxes from one point to another. Um, and then the last day they give you take this box to this warehouse. And then from there, you need to pick up a different box and take it to another warehouse. And that's pretty much it. Pretty event uh, stuff. You, 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 once you start initiating this whole job thing, there's no real going back to just wandering around town. Um, and the reason why is because you have to be at work. Um, you wake up at seven thirty in the morning, immediately go to work. You don't get to control any of this. It's all cutscenes. You show up at work and then you do work. Uh, you get a, a two hour lunch break. Is that what the, like, yeah, noon to two, right? From noon to two, they give you a, a lunch break and then that would be nice. Yeah. And then from two to five, you work again. Um, each day they give you a quota to make. If you make the quota, you get a raise. Um, and I was able to hit the quota every single day. Yeah, me too. Even with my handicap. What was your handicap? Um, I played most of this section via remote play from so England. You, so you did get remote play to work. I finally got it to work for one fleeting moment on Monday afternoon there, uh, morning over here. This was after trying three days in a row and not having it. You know, it just told me that the sing signal wasn't strong enough. I still don't know if that's the signal to my PS4 in my apartment or if it was the signal of my Vita to my Airbnb Wi-Fi or both. But it didn't connect the first couple of days. I randomly tried it one more time and it did connect. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit here and finish the rest of the game because who knows if this is going to happen again. Turns out that was – even when it worked, it didn't really work. Okay. Like the connection was just barely enough to not disconnect, but it was laggy and stuttery. And also I had to drive the forklift with R2, right? That's how you go forward. Mm -hmm. Except R2 on the Vita is the upper right-hand portion of the back touch panel. Yeah. That was a freaking nightmare because I couldn't like, I would be touching touching that panel and all of a sudden it would just like stop driving, and then I'd, I'd be tapping around in the back until I found the right spot again, and then he would go, and then, you know, uh, I don't know, I breathed wrong and it would it, my finger would disconnect from the panel. So between the choppiness of the lag, I was gonna say the, the poor control of the of the forklift itself, but when I got back and did. Days four and five on the controller, I was like, this controls like a dream relative to that shit I had to put up with in England. Uh, but yeah, but between the, the choppiness of the connection and the awkwardness and like constant having to realign my finger to actually touch what it considered the R2 button, that was awful. I didn't even come close to fourth place. I was dead fifth by like a minute. <laughs> it was... Not smooth and not easy. So, yeah, that's the other aspect of this section is when you wake up, you don't just immediately go to work. You go to your daily warm-up race. I have to say, 
there's a guy that trains you your first day. His name is Mark. He is an African-American man that's working in Japan. I don't know who they got to do his voice. Yeah. I, I don't know if they set cue cards in front of him or what. <laughs> but this guy is the best part of Shidmu. <laughs> yeah, too, like the voice actor also. But have they never heard of the phrase ready, set, go? Oh my gosh, that was what I was going to bring up. <laughs> so. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Does he not know how to start a race? Because he never seen a race before? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. I can't help but laugh because every because he heard it five times. It was the exact same cut scene every single time. Yep. And he comes back. All right, it's time for <laughs> it's time for our daily warm up race. <laughs> it's like the way he pronounced things. Yeah. <laughs> he like he he really he needed a, a P screen the, the screen because he always warm up race. <laughs> He's like, on your mark, almost time to go. And then it would cut away. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day. I, was, I thought I misheard it the first time. <laughs> I was like, wait, did, he didn't say go. He said almost ready. What does that mean? Do I go or do I not go? Every time. And like, I couldn't help it. I, I hated the races. But every morning I'd wake up and I would say exactly what he was going to say. <laughs> on your mark almost time to go <laughs> and then the race started and you had to race four other people around the warehouses and that is almost impossible I did get first place once um, but man <sighs> to begin yeah. with I was like you know what I don't mind this working thing because I have fi- it, it, my entire time in this game, I have finally given an objective to do. I know how to do it, and I can do it. I don't have to ask anybody how to do it. I don't have to find out where the forklifts are. It's something that gave me it gave me meaning in life. <laughs> and then day three happened, and I said, "I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> yeah, all right, I, I got it. Right, I'm done. Oh, and then I, then I knew that there was three more races I had to go through. <laughs> it's time for our daily warm-up race. Yeah, I got dead fifth, dead fifth, dead fifth, and then second and second. <laughs> Once I can actually control it with a controller. The only way you really win in this game is by wrecking other guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I used the strategy of trying to skirt the inside of the turn so that they would like push me forward and I would stop them from moving. Yeah, that's how I did it too. The and the thing is, is like at the beginning of this section, they're like, "Okay, don't wreck the forklifts." To which I'm thinking, <laughs> "Well, this game so far has taken money away from me." I'm thinking, "Well, if I wreck, maybe they deduct money from my pay or something like that." No, no, just ram them. Just ram the crap out of them. <laughs> And to the point where I was like, I don't care about money anymore. I just want to get done with this game. So, yeah. Anyway. Also, on that note, it doesn't seem like we actually need... It It didn't matter. The you know the bonuses didn't matter. What were we getting money for in the end anyway? Game two? Yes. So you can transfer your save 
to game number two, and I guess have all that money that you have. I know all of the um, all of the the moves that you master continue over. Oh, I should have maybe spent some more time with that. I didn't care. <laughs> I had I, I had the move that I needed to win this game, <laughs> which was back back B, which is a grapple where he grabs a guy's arm, flips him over his back, and then lands on top of him. I can't, I think it's called the demon throw or the demon drop. And when you do that on a guy, if you're able to pull that off on a guy, you can chain that nonstop. Every time he gets up, bam, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Even bosses? Even bosses. Damn. I cheesed, cheesed the entire game with that. But yeah. So going through day by day, trying to figure out where the mad angels are. Each day, we get the opportunity to f- to run into the mad angels um and you get a little bit more information each day uh to start off with you get harassed by a bunch of the uh, the sailor guys that you fought before um but then you start running into the biker gang and uh there's a few times where like at night you have to wander around so many times while like the like my work shifts over and I go to leave, and it says, oh, I need to go ask some more people stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And this place is so big, and it takes me forever to get anywhere. But, yeah. Yeah, but by the end of it, I finally did get a handle of the map. Um, It took me a little while. But, yeah, I, I felt like I, I came to know my, my home away from home. Oh, I definitely memorized the, the, the Harbor District. Um, because man, running around that place, I mean, by day five of me, they gave me that complicated map to go by. Yep. And a lot of the, the routes were similar to the race routes. Yeah. You could take the race route. Mm -hmm. And that's what I just did. I was like, I don't, you don't even have to show me a map. Also the way Mark said map, I got here. Here's your map. (laughs) Gosh, oh, Mark. Mark is like the best character in this game. I got so confused because I was heading home one night after work and he got on the bus with me. <laughs> I don't know, like that normally happens, but you know, to go back to the game kind of having characters with life cycles, day night cycles, for some reason I was just really like weirded out by the fact that Mike was getting on the, Mark was getting on the bus with me. Yep. Kind of cool. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Needless to say, every every day we we get a little bit more information on the Mad Angels. Um, as I'm running around this area getting information, I see a giant door with graffiti on it that says Mad Angels. Yeah, not subtle. What really gets me is that where the Mad Angels are, you go through that door. Why did you not go through that door? The first day you were there, at least just check. Yep, you're looking for the Mad Angels. Here's a gigantic sign that says, here are the Mad Angels. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, going through all these days, doing your your, your daily routine, doing your daily warm-up wraith, and all this other stuff, you get more information for the Mad Angels. The Mad Angels 
uh, or obviously this biker gang who is in some way affiliated with Londi. Um, we find out through some more information that there is this thing happening, uh, the, the Long Ja, which is some type of trade deal going on with the Chinese and the Mad Angels are kind of like helping that happen. So we're thinking the best way to get to Lan Di and, and the other Chinese is by trying to figure out where this Long Ja is happening. Can't just ask the Chinese. Yeah. So those days are over. <laughs> so um, eventually, it gets to the point um, where day five of working, um, things start to go down. The Mad Angels start taking notice that Rio is is looking for them, starting a little bit of a ruckus. So they send him a message. Essentially saying, hey, we're coming after you and the people that you care about. And so, um, <laughs> eventually, uh, it gets to the point where you get a phone call. <laughs> you get a phone call. So, <laughs> I can't help but laugh at this part. So, uh, it's, it's for some reason, you go to bed, you wake up at 11.45, and he's like, I need some fresh air. And you walk out and, uh, Ine-san is there and she's like, have you been with Nozomi? And he's like, no. She's like, well, Nozomi hasn't came home. She says she was meeting up with you. And I'm like, what? And then the phone rings. He answers the phone and it's Gollum. It's that guy. We all know what that guy sounds like. And he's like, we have Nozomi. And the first thing he asks is, who is this? <laughs> and I'm just like I hate this game <laughs> Yeah, how does that part of the script play out in whoever wrote it mind I don't know but uh, yeah, like we have her and you need to be at the warehouse district by 3.30 in the morning I'm like okay well that's easy yeah So it only takes I know even with the the way time travels fast in this game, it only takes, what, an hour to run there? Yeah. So, so that's I, what I did. Yeah, that's what I did too. So I, I you, you couldn't teleport to Dobita, I think is what it's called. Um, Dobita? Yeah, the place where you can catch the bus. So I walked there. I was like, okay, easy enough. Yeah, plenty of time. But I get to a point where I'm supposed to transition to the next area. And it says, I don't have enough time to do this. Oh, is that what it said to you? Yeah, what did it say to you? It said, sorry, the buses have stopped running. Oh. Find another way. See, my, mine mine was like, I don't know what it was. It, it popped up. He, like Rio, you know, speaking to himself kind of thing. And he's like, it's like I don't have enough time for this. I need to find another way. And I'm like, okay. Mm. So where do I go? Yeah, how many times have I been to the harbor? I've literally taken the bus every single time. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. And the thing is, is like, even though I still have plenty of time, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to screw up and have to do this day over again. So pause, pause and go to the fact. 
come to find out, you have to go get a motorcycle, which is in the town before Dobita. How do you get that motorcycle? I'm clicking on it, clicking, clicking, clicking. Nothing. <laughs> and then I looked at the fact again. Oh, you need to use the speaker to talk to somebody who owns the bike. And I was like, you know, I hate this game. <laughs> that's the part of the game I I did hate. And that's why I just had to use the the fact because you know, th- that that's a good example of one where like I even if I figured out, hey, there's a motorcycle there, the game hasn't really taught me that that's an option. So it's pretty random that I might just stumble on it. And then even if I found the bike, I wouldn't really know how to activate it. Um, it and that that kind of randomness is the kind of thing that sucks the fun out of it for me because had I played this without a fact, you know, I, I might have just walked around for like an hour or two and been like, oh, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. So I, I was interested before in the game – when we were looking for the secret passage in the dojo. Yeah. Because I just used a fact there. I'm like, I never would have found this. But then you said that the game actually guided you towards it. Which yeah. is an interesting way to handle it. Like, they could give you clues to help you find it. Or they could just say, well, this idiot's never going to find it. Let's let's actually help him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess maybe it wouldn't have been as bad without the fact. But I didn't know that at the time and didn't want to risk it. So, I basically, for this type of a scenario, I just... Gave up quickly and looked it up. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with me. I was because at that point I was done with this game. I'm like, okay, I'm at the end. I don't care anymore. I, I don't. I just want to finish this game at this point. So we borrow the bike. Man, talk about controlling horribly. Yeah, that motorcycle, man. So you have to drive the motorcycle down the street. And you hit, you're being timed on this. I didn't fail it, but I was like, wow, this controls horribly. I did fail it once. So what happens if you fail it? Uh, the, the timer just expires and then you start over. Oh, it just fades to black. That's it. <laughs> yep. Okay. And I must have only missed it by two or three seconds because I didn't think I was any farther ahead because I basically was timing myself right at the end. There's like uh, a tunnel you go through. Yeah. And I was like, I I hit that tunnel with around 30 seconds left. I felt like both times. I guess maybe I was just a hair faster the second time. But just barely missed it the first time and just barely made it the second time. Yeah. And so we make it to the harbor, drive up. There's some goons there. We beat them up. And then we finally run into the leader of the Mad Angels, Terry. <laughs> Terry. Terry um, uh, has Nozomi and he says well I'll give Nozomi back under one condition he's like what is it Master Shen his son was it Guizhang Guizhan yeah that's all right yeah Um, we want you to take him out we want you to we want you to beat him up to the point where he's crippled can't do anything. He's like, okay, I'll do it under one condition. You give me Nozomi, and you also set up a meeting with Lon D with me. And they're like, oh, man, you got some. Balls. You sure you want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) 
but he gives Nozomi back. We make our we make our gentleman's agreement. <laughs> and uh, the next day, um, uh, we get fired from our job. <laughs> yeah, straight away, no real reason. Yeah, just uh, uh, basically, I felt like he got pressured. Yeah. Uh, the boss was like, hey, there's a lot of ruckus going on, and you're the cause of it. We can't have that around here. Sorry, man. You gotta go. And he's like, okay. Or, no. <laughs> he's like, what? Now yeah, we're having to let you go. Let Why? me go. Let me go. What? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's so stupid how they, how they handle that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. So, um... We wait around till night, and we, uh, oh no, I don't wait around till night. I, I, at the beginning of that day, Tom, who runs the hot dog stand, told him that he'd buy us lunch. Apparently in both locations, because I think he's there in both locations if you go man, to the harbor at Dobuita. Nice. So he's a teleporter. Yeah. Um... But I was able to catch him at the harbor. He taught me a move. Uh, it was the uh, the crowd control kick. Tornado kick? Tornado kick. Um, uh, which I actually used to get him out. Um, and I uh, got an achievement for it. Tom, the hot dog man, gave me a move. Um, and then when it gets nighttime, uh, we... You know, run back into Terry. It's like, okay, we're going to do this. We need to get Guijan out here. He shows up, and uh, we begin to fight him. Uh, he tells him, hey, just just act like you're injured. And <laughs> he, he won't listen. He's like, what are you talking about? And so they, they fight. They beat the crap out of each other <laughs> to the point where they, they can't stand. And they're both laying on the ground together. And Terry's like, this is, uh, this is my moment. I could take them both yeah. out. A twofer. So he takes, he takes a, a, a pole that has some concrete on it <laughs> and tries <laughs> to slam it down on Guizhang. Um, I felt that QTE. So he killed Guizhang. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And then I started it back over, um, and we uh, have to fight Terry and his goons. Uh, we don't fight Terry to begin with. We fight 70 people. The entire, every single Mad Angel. Every Mad Angel known to man comes out in twos. <laughs> In Very the, well organized they are. In the most awkward way possible. And we have to beat them both up. Luckily, I've got Guizhang with me. Guizhang, uh, the computer AI, decided to put him right there in the middle. So I just <laughs> stayed back. And every time a guy would run through around the corner, he'd just kick him in the face and kill him automatically. <laughs> so I didn't fight 70 guys. Guizhang did. I probably fought more like 10 Really? Oh, yeah. I would have said out of the 70, I probably took out 60. Oh, no. No, no, no. I I, I almost I almost could have set my controller down the way Guizhang was positioned. Oh, nice. 
because two guys would come single file. He'd kick one of them, and then one would get past him a little bit, and then he'd kick the other one. <laughs> and these guys would go down in one kick. I'm like, okay. Then the boss shows up, who is this gigantic man. Um, and Guizhang disappears. <laughs> I don't know where he went. For the, the end boss, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there, there's the two, two like mini bosses as well. Uh, yeah, that's true, yeah. But they, they were pretty easy, like super easy. Yeah, the last boss, man, he, uh, he disappears for her, So I have to fight this guy. They tired him out by making him take out all the rest of the mad angels. I, I guess so. Maybe that was what happened. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, um, I have to fight this guy alone. This guy is kind of difficult. Um, but, uh, like I said, I have that move. I, I cheesed him. Yeah, this is, this is where I actually had to figure out how to fight. Because <laughs> before that, I had just been doing, like, series of punches or a series of kicks or a throw. Yeah. You know, the, the simplest moves in the entire game, but. And if I did anything beyond that, it was really just like, uh, I'm bored. I'm just going to hit different buttons, like back, back punch, forward, forward punch. But I didn't actually ever have a need to until this fight. Um, but this is where I had to. I lost this a couple times. I had to go through the entire 70-man fight again and again. Um, but as soon as I actually started paying attention, it really wasn't that hard. That, All I really had to do was dodge just – Hitting down basically to dodge around his attack, and then while he's open, give him a good uh, hard kick, right? Because you could do a simple kick, and it it wouldn't be enough to kill the the regular Mad Angels. But if you did any kind of special kick, it would one shot them. So basically, every time I would dodge his attack, I would I would give one of the powered up punches or kicks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I had to stop the recording for a minute, but so yeah, we uh, had to fight that big boss. I cheesed him. Matt, you had to learn how to play the game. Um, yeah, I had to figure out how to play the game in the last hour, in the last hour of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, after that, we then... Uh, well, Guizhang decides to beat up Terry. Uh, we do have to help him. There's another QTE that I failed because, well, I didn't realize there was going to be one. Um, so he beats him with a pipe. Yeah, he's going to beat him with a pipe. Um, and beats him up. And we interrogate him and say, hey, okay, we're done playing games. Where's Londi? And he said, well, if you want to get Londi, you're going to have to cross the ocean, buddy. He's gone. He's out of here. And I was like, great. So he's already in Hong Kong. So uh, after beating up Terry, and I guess just leaving him there uh Wei Zhang says alright let me talk to my dad Master Shen probably can help us out and at least help you out to try and get to Londi so we go the next day uh the next day um is the day where we go and say our goodbyes to everybody um Mark is going back to the United States I know this because he tells us, and he says he really is really worried about Rio. And then 
I guess we stood there on the harbor long enough for him to buy a plane ticket and then get on the plane and fly off because we're staring up <laughs> at the sky and seeing a plane. And he's like, there goes my friend Mark. And I'm like, it's not how travel works, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Nizami uh, is going back to Canada, I guess, to get more flowers. Um. And we talk to Master Shin. Master Shin tells us that uh, because we have beaten up the Mad Angels, we have thwarted some of their plans. And now the uh, the Long Jia, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, they had their hand in it as well, can go on without interruption. It says, unfortunately, Londi is on his way to Hong Kong right now. So if you really want to get him... You're going to have to go to Hong Kong. Uh, and um, Gui Zhang says that he would come with us. We're like, okay, cool. Um, and before uh, we decide to leave, Master Shen wants to show us a special move. Uh, the the Swallow Dive, I think is what it's called. Swallow Flip? A swallow Flip. Yeah, that's it. Um, and he tells us how to do it, and I tried doing it probably 40 times. He finally said, you sure you want to do this? And I say, no, I do not want to do this. He says, okay. And so I don't learn it. Or no, I learn it, but, but I don't that, master but then it. it. Yeah, as you say, then the splash screen comes up where it says, you've learned this move. I'm like, really? Yeah. No, I don't know how to pr- – I don't – I also – I don't know what I was do doing. Like that, that He was like, take one step back. I did take a step back. And he says, you're not putting enough power in your arms. Or you're putting in your power in your arms too late. I was like, okay. Well, I looked at a fact. The fact said you hit X and A. I hit X and A went while I was dashing back. I dashed back, then hit X and A. I hit X and A and then dashed back. I did every combination you can imagine. Never yep. pulled it off. And then the description also said, like, you kick out their leg. So I'm like, wait, is it a punch or a kick? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing wrong. I don't know how close I was even. Yeah. I don't care at this point. Because <laughs> there's one more thing we have to do. Before I only we... cared because I thought I wasn't going to be able to progress. And I'm like, shit, if I can't get this, like this could be where my game ends. Is I just can't, can't get past this one learning of the move. Yeah. That's and then the... luckily they give me the out. <laughs> all, all these fights and the thing that beats you is Master Shin not being able to teach you a move. So, um, but yeah, I just decline <laughs> and we're getting ready to, to leave and Gollum shows up. Um, and he is decided to take us out, I guess, to impress Londi and his organization. Uh, he beats up, uh, Guizhang and then we have a boss fight with him. This is the final boss of the game. I could tell that this guy was going to be kind of difficult because he was kind of difficult during the arcade fight. Yeah. Um, but I somehow got him next to a box and was able to do my demon drop or whatever on him. And I legit stun locked him to constantly doing that. <laughs> 
and I beat him. Uh, and then there's a QT right after that fight. I failed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't have to do the fight again. You just had to do oh, the good. QTE again. Uh, um, and we beat, we, after we beat him up, he tries to do one last desperate move. We then kick him into the sea. <laughs> Which is funny because, again, that, like, I was doing power moves on him the whole time. So then when the one, like, finishing move happens, it's, like, no different than the other 40 times I've hit him. Yeah. Right? It's basically he just lunges at you and you just punch him in the chest. Yep. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that. I've been doing that for 20 minutes. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we knock him out. And, uh, we, uh, unfortunately, after that fight, uh, Guijan can't join us because he is now injured. Uh, and yeah, we get on a ship and sail off toward Hong Kong. Ready for game two? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to play game two. I, I'm, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> so did you get it as the two pack? Yes. So you already have game two? I own game two. And you still two. wouldn't play it? No. <laughs> I don't... I, I, seriously, this this was monotonous. So, I mean, we can go ahead and get into, like, our final thoughts. I know this is kind of a short one, but, I mean, the, the, honestly, not much happened. It was a lot of play time, but it was just us moving boxes. It, like, it, it, and racing. It, and racing. Ready for our, our daily warm-up race. Um, and, that, and that's pretty much it. Um, it yep. was it was basically wasting time to get to the story, which is essential. And those lunch breaks <laughs> at the end, those two hour lunch breaks, I literally just stood there. Those two hour lunch breaks, every lunch break. The last two, I stood there. The first three, I actually went to the lounge and got all three achievements for the gotchas. Ah, uh. yeah, I just sat there and wasted money on toys. And eventually got all three achievements for it. Honestly, I almost 100% in this game, except there's like two or three achievements that I didn't get because I, I, I didn't care about going and saving the kitten. I didn't take the, the, the Phoenix mirror right whenever I got it to a pawn shop and see how much it was worth. And, <laughs> and there was like, there was two memories that I missed, uh, that you can only get at the beginning of the game. Hmm. So yeah, there's like four achievements that I I will never get. So, what about if this third game comes out and it's amazing? Would you then go back and play the second one? I don't care. I I I don't know how to describe how I feel about this game. I I I don't hate it. I just don't like playing it like if i were to sit there and watch somebody play this game with maybe some funny commentary i would i would be totally down for that or even just watching my my buddies play it and we're all just goofing off you know mystery science theater yeah but me sitting here playing this like legit trying to get through this story i was so bored i it was just do you so think it's tedious it's yeah, do you think it's just too drawn out? Like, if it had been condensed into, a, like, a 12- or 13-hour game, it would have been 
okay. Well, the thing is, is that it, it, what made it drawn out? Was it because you had to do things on a certain day, or because you had to, because you had time constraints? I think it was just just a long, boring game to me. <laughs> like, I, seriously, I, 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 it's it's definitely just a product of its time. I, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, sure, that that turns into this game's bad. I mean, I'm sure in 1999, like I said, if I played this game when it was brand new, I could have I saw, oh, yeah, this does a lot of things that I've never seen before, but it's also really boring. Like, I, like it's not, you know, rose-tinted glasses doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just like, this is a boring game. Like, did you have fun playing it, Matt? I don't know that I had fun per se. I wouldn't call it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but also I wouldn't say that every game I play is fun. I I guess if you use a broad broad definition of the word fun maybe but I don't know. I I, I certainly enjoyed parts of the game and didn't enjoy other parts. So the reason why I play video games is because I want to have fun. There's there's the three big things that people go for when it comes to a video game. The story, how it looks, does it look amazing? People buy games just because they look amazing. Or is it fun to play? I don't care if you have a great story. I don't care if it looks like garbage. If it plays fun, I'll play that game. Shinmu didn't have any of that. I mean, I was just like, like, I I don't want to, like, I don't hate this game, actively hate this game. Alone in the Dark, I actively hate that game. I, I, it's, it's secretly kind of love it. No, I don't. (laughs) I, I, that's a god awful game. I, I think, I don't know, like, how I feel about Shinmu. Shinmu just, like, makes me feel like I wasted time with this game. I, that's what I feel like. I, I just like yeah. I it's mean, not it's not like I'm mad about it. I'm just, ugh, gosh, I'm so glad to be done with that. Yeah, I feel like Alone in the Dark is the kind of game that makes you angry when you play it. It does. This game never made me angry. I just, I I did feel it at times like it was pointless. Or like, especially for me, again, going back to, like when we had to go down into the secret passage, and if I didn't have the fact and I didn't know that I needed a light bulb, there would have been even more backtracking and trying to figure out exactly what I even need to get to the next section. And that's the kind of thing where I just wouldn't have enjoyed it. And I I feel like most games when you play with a fact it does take some of the enjoyment out of it because you're not discovering things, right? And it's that, like, in this game, maybe that would have been rewarding if I had the time to discover all of the little secrets. I didn't, but I didn't expect to. Like, I kind of went in knowing that I was going to miss that part of the game, and I did, did miss it, but I'm sure that I would have been far more frustrated by not finding those things than I would have felt rewarded by finding them. So, yeah. My thing is, is like, you know, to people who, who adore this game, like, 
did they not find it boring? Because there's tons of times I just stood around and waited. And if they want to come up with this whole, well, you've got to go explore and, and look at this open world and, and how alive it is. What does that mean? Go and talk to somebody and have a awkward two, three second conversation of, Hey, well, how you doing? I'm okay. All right. See ya. Bye. And that's it. I mean, that's, I mean, it's not like there's tons of side quests to do in this game that will keep you busy while you're waiting for the next storyline to come up. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess there's lear- learning your moves. Yeah. But I mean, that's just, that's, that's training mode. I mean, come on. It's like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see why people have so much nostalgia for this game other than, Hey, I played that when I was younger. Because when I was 14 years old and I played this game brand new, I would have said this is a boring game. You don't think you would have been wowed by the visuals at the time? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they looked great back then. Um, Voice acting was bad. And I played a game a year earlier called Metal Gear Solid that had fantastic voice acting. But I also played a game just before that called Resident Evil that had delightfully shitty voice acting. But yeah, but I'm just saying, like, games have done stuff better than Shinmu did, and it came before it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, I, I don't know how wowed I would have been to play Shinmu. I, granted, I, I, I will never know. But, I mean,. I played it now, and I can see why some people may think, yeah, "Hey, it was it was a a I wouldn't say a master. It was something. It was something special when it came out because p- games hadn't done certain things like that before." But man, I'm the, I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm, I'm the same kind of guy that, like, you know, I didn't play Half Life Two when it came out. I played it like years later when it came out on the orange box and I was like, eh, it's a standard first person shooter. That's how I felt about Half-Life 2. And people will fight me tooth and nail to tell me it's one of the best first person <laughs> shooters that's ever been made. And I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. It's, it's standard. And they're like, well, you're playing it now after games had came out before. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it, I mean, it's 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 like the it's like that joke that doesn't hit with anybody unless you you had to have been there. I mean, come on. <laughs> I I sound so vindictive. Yeah, I actively hate this game, but I feel bad hating it. I, I guess that, it I sounds guess, like I, I. That's that's probably the best way to describe it. I didn't have fun playing this game. I I didn't. Yeah, I, it's tough for me because I, I, I mostly agree, but for me it's more like I just never connected with it. It's not that like because I don't even know if I would say it's actively boring. I mean, I think it was, but I don't know. I mean, you could say chess is boring. There's a lot of things that could be boring if you just don't get into it. And so I can't tell if this game's inherently boring or if I just didn't connect with it. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't love it, but I didn't. I didn't 
dislike it. I, I think I'm, I'm probably a little bit more positive on it than you are, but not a ton. Yeah. Because mostly for me, it was things like the lack of side quests. I, I just felt like if you're going to make me search around for things, at least give me some other things to do so that that searching around is more interesting. Well, say but, it again, I don't know. Kind of again, maybe. There. Sorry, like, um, it, there's a lot of parts in this game where you're just kind of running back and forth. Yeah. You know, go into town, now go home, now go into town. At least give me some more interesting things to do so that it's not just that. So it doesn't feel so repetitive. But again, maybe that's. Th- th- those are the evolutions that came later, and this game just kind of set the tone. So. Yeah. So, as I've done with Shinmu. I'm going to read off my notes for this last session. Session number nine. Waiting for a bus to show up for the harbor. Went to the harbor and asked practically everyone about a job. No dice. A guy did tell me to go to Warehouse 12, but there's no one there. It got late, so I went home. Woke up the next day and <laughs> beelined it for the harbor. Ran back to the pompadour idiot. He said he'll get me a job tomorrow in front of Warehouse 1. More waiting. Go back home and uh, train with Fuku for the achievement. Session 10. Uh, still waiting to sleep, and then for noon the next day. Stared at my bed for eight hours. <laughs> 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 Went to the bus stop. Went back to the harbor and waited until noon at Warehouse 1. Ran into the idiot. He didn't get the job. Uh, a girl did. I hate this man. Uh, got to go. I I, what say? I, say I, I I both hated him and liked him more. The more I heard him, and just his absolutely ridiculous word choice and and yeah. cadence of his voice. Yeah. Yo, dude, it's so stupid. Um, let's see here. Uh, got to go to Alpha Trading Office by two. Got myself a job. Met Mark, my trainer. After moving boxes, Mark says to be at work earlier to do something. Sounds shady. I uh, try to leave and it says I should investigate more. No idea what I'm doing. Ask uh, people about the Mad Angels foreigner group. Uh, run around not knowing anything and get a cut scene of some bikers scaring an old man. They challenge me to a chicken race. Why give me one of your motorcycles? Guy goes off the pier. They run off without their bike. Now I'm back on foot. What the hell? <laughs> Stand around until time to go to bed. Screw Ine-san. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> screw her. Uh, oh, because I, I waited around instead of traveling. Uh, let's see here. Wake up immediately and get warped to the harbor. Marcus hosting a forklift race. Fast and furious. Went to work. Doing lunch during lunch some mad angels attacked Mark. Said they think he's working for Shin. Mark seems to be reading directly from the script. <laughs> <laughs> Finished up my work for the day. Some mad angels tried to get me to pay insurance money. Now they need medical insurance after I got done with them. <laughs> Zingers. <laughs> I'm putting them in my notes now. Uh, uh, about to make a withdrawal from the bank. The blood bank. <laughs> uh, session 11. 
ran into Shin's son and a homeless man who taught me new moves. Went home and slept. Went to work. Lost the race again. Mark on your mark. Almost time to go. Gets me every time. <laughs> yep. Uh, work after lunch. Get harassed by some guys. Uh, beat them up. They say check out Warehouse 17. Can't go there now since I can't get off my forklift. Went to Warehouse 17 and found Mark getting beat up by Mad Angels. Had to fight these guys three times. Mark says he's looking for his only brother and that a Chinese cartel is running his whole the whole thing. Ran back to the homeless man and he taught me a new move. Keep forgetting about that homeless man. Uh, it won't let me go home. Says I need to ask people. Went back uh, to the old man. He told me about them hanging around his area at night. Why could he not have said this in the same cutscene? Also, why are they not here tonight? Uh, went home and slept. End of session. Session 12. Racing time. On your mark. Almost time to go. I hate this so much. Time for work. <laughs> Nozomi and a friend came by during lunch and took pictures. I got to keep one. Nozomi is going to Canada. I guess they're running out of flowers. Uh, back to work. End of shift. Nothing special happened. Ran into some bikers and Charlie. Had to chase them down. Uh, failed a QTE again. Beat up Charlie and his goons. He tells me that Londi is still here, but getting ready to leave via shipping boat. Bought gotchas. Went home. End of session. <laughs> session 13. Went to bed. Got up and actually won the race. Knocked that trophy out. Uh, lunch was uneventful. Went back to work. Had a QTE with those sailor dudes that beat up Goro. After work, Mark mentioned Long Jia, some black market deal. Uh, ran into the old man again. He taught me yet another move. It won't let me leave the area. Talked to every freaking person. And finally, two guys talk about a pair of foreigners. Go home, go to sleep. Session number 14. Wake up, go to work. Screw this racing <laughs> crap. The job today is insane, mostly driving. Lunchtime and Goro and Mai say they're getting married. Mai is 16. Uh, nothing else happens during lunch. Back to work. During the afternoon shift, ran into the two American idiots, the sailors. Caught one of them and they told me that Terry is the leader of the Mad Angels. After work, get a letter from Shen's son, pay Shen a visit, say that Lan Di has nothing to do with the Long Jia. It's part of a trade deal uh, that's going on. Even Shin has his hands in it. Shin says he'll give him give him some time and he'll help us. Rio agrees to back off. Go home, wait an hour to sleep, then sleep. Wake up at 11.45 and say I need to get some fresh air. <laughs> Granny says Nozomi <laughs> hasn't been home and she's missing. Get a phone call from obviously Gollum, and Rio asks, "Who is this? What an idiot!" Says to I be like all the uh, the coincidences at that moment. Like <laughs> Inesan didn't wake him up; he just happened to wake up at eleven forty-five. Just wake up at eleven forty-five, and he's like, "I need some fresh air." I have never woken up at eleven forty-five and said, "I need to go outside." Yeah, and then she finds him. And then Golem calls at exactly that moment, too. Like, all these things happen at the same time for completely random reasons. I don't know. 
He says to be at Warehouse 17 or he'll hurt Nozomi. I got four hours to get there. It won't let me fast travel. I guess I'm walking. I have no idea what I'm doing. Says I don't have enough time. Find a motorcycle and have to ask the owner for permission to use it. So begins the worst driving sequence I have seen since Alone in the Dark. (laughs) Make it to the warehouse and have to fight two rounds of goons. Finally meet Terry. He's lame. Uh, (laughs) Says he'll give Nozomi back as long as I cripple Shin's son. I agree, and only if he takes me to Lon D. He agrees. We drive back home to a cheesy song. I go to sleep. Oh, yeah, that was a long drive home. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, end of session, session 15. Pray, meditate at the dojo, go to work, and end up getting fired for bringing all of this trouble in. <laughs> Tom teaches me a crowd control kick. Very nice. He's going back to the U.S. Really cheesy scene, watching a plane fly over. Oh, it was Tom that went back to the U.S. Excuse me. Now it's night. Things are about to go down. Met up with Terry's goons waiting for Guijan. Uh, he shows up and we begin to fight. Rio tries to talk him into faking injuries to still end up fighting until we're both half dead. Terry tries to kill Guijang, but Rio stops him. So begins the longest battle ever. One by one, guys come in to get beat up. A few guys counter, but nothing too bad. The boss is tough, and Guizhong is nowhere to be seen. I uh, have to run around in circles to regen my health. Take down and get a cutscene with Terry. Uh, Gui fights him, and we interrogate Terry. He says to get to Londi, we best start swimming. Uh, Gui and Rio have a cheesy moment, but he says he'll talk to his dad about helping. End up back home. Sleep. End of session. Session 16. Wake up three hours later, ready to go to Hong Kong. <laughs> Fuku and N.A. give me some money, and we part ways. Go through town, saying bye to all these people I didn't really interact with. There's a freaking Santa here. I forgot it was near Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah. What? Uh, I was just going to say that I tried to talk to him so many times in my runs back from work every night, going through Tobuita, and uh, he never had much to say. Stupid Santa. Did he talk like Santa at least? But, I don't think so. Oh, okay. But but there was a there is some scene if I don't know at one point if you do this late enough in the game there's a apparently a Christmas scene or a Santa Claus scene. Oh, okay. Missed out on that. But it has to be. It has to. Be, yeah, I did too. I don't. I don't remember what my date was around this last five days or so of, of gameplay, but I think it, pretty sure it was before Christmas. Yeah, mine was December twenty first. I remember that. Yep. Let's see here. Uh, Shin and Son thank me for thwarting the Long Jia. Gui Zhang says he's coming with me. They try to teach me a new move, but I can't do it. No idea how. Gollum shows up and I have to beat him. This guy is no joke. Ended up cheesing him. Bingo. <laughs> Londi said, uh, is, has left. Uh, oh man, I typed wrong. Says Londi is left for Hong Kong. I think it must have been the dialogue affecting me. Uh, we're going after him. Gollum gets up and had to redo the QTE twice. Knock him into the sea. Oh. Guizhong is injured and can't go with us. 
Shen gives me a name and address to look up in Hong Kong, board a ship, and sail away thinking of Nozomi, making a wish for Rio. She gives Rio an amulet. Back in the real world, we sail into the not-sunset. Roll credits. I am so done with this game. That's it. Yep. That's Shenmue. That is Shenmue. We also have some emails. Let's, uh, let me bring those up. Let's start from the beginning here. So, uh, a lot of people brought in their, um, gaming moments. So we asked that question two weeks ago, whenever we recorded last. Um, what games gave you that, that crazy mind blowing feeling? And, uh, the first one comes in from Jeremy. It says, uh, it's titled The Magic Tingles. And, uh, he says, Hey guys, first, uh, first game that comes to mind that, uh, in a fairly recent history for me is Dragon's Dogma. As soon as that J-pop song hit my ear holes on the title screen, I knew I was in for something special or at least different. Thousand hours later, uh, it claimed my most played game ever until Diablo 3 eclipsed it. Thanks for cranking out episodes wow. all this time. I love listening even if I hardly ever write in. Uh, that is, uh, the, um, Dragon's Dogma is a game I put many hours into and even reviewed, but never actually finished that game. I'm a bad reviewer. I know. It was on our list, right? Dragon's Dogma is still on our list. Yes. Yeah. That is a, that's, ooh, that's a long one. Dragon's Dogma, did, there's only a few games that's ever done it correctly. Dragon's Dogma did it correctly. Nighttime. Like, y- the beginning of that game, it's day for the most part, and you keep hearing NPCs saying, hey man, make sure you don't go out at night. It gets bad out there at night. They're not kidding, dude. One of the coolest <laughs> moments I ever had was in Dragon's Dogma, where you got you and your party members, I'm walking, I, I like, you, your first really big story mission is you have to go from the main hub, like, town, to another area. And it's going to take you like a day and a half to get there. So you have to go out at night. I'm traveling through the freaking woods and it's pitch black. Like legit, I've never seen a game do night that dark before except for one other one, which is Dying Light. Um, But yeah, Dragon's Dogma, like my party members, they give you like hints and clues by saying stuff. And they're like, hey, I think there's something around us. And I was playing what they call a magic archer. And the magic archer has the ability to shoot arrows infused with magic, which then illuminate light. I shot an arrow straight ahead, and it was that instance. You know that scene in Pitch Black where yep. Where, yep. where they see their surroundings? I know surrounded? exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I, we were completely surrounded by freaking monsters. And then oh, my cool. magic arrow went out, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a really cool moment. Dragon's Dogma was a it was a brilliant game. It really was. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great game. Uh, our next email comes in from Jamie. It says gaming moments. It says hi Drew and Matt. I dropped Shinmu unfortunately. I just have a lot going on in my life right now, and I honestly didn't want to sink a ton of time to something that I was pretty sure I wasn't my thing. I might try to pick it up uh, if things settle down for me, but no promises. 
I thought I'd respond to your big moments in gaming, though. So I've had a few of those moments that you were talking about, and I'm writing this, I think, there are probably way more than uh, people might expect. Maybe I took your meaning the wrong way, or maybe I just get super excited when I see something new. The first one I can think of is Dino Crisis. It's a strange one, I know, but it's, pro it's because I think it was the first game I ever saw on PS1. I remember Baby Sitting and the Family. I remember Baby Sitting and the Family had Dino Crisis, and up until then, I'd only ever played NES and SNES, and maybe a bit of GameCube yep. at a friend's place. So to see this style of game, and so to see the style of this game was amazing. It was probably the first time I ever saw a character that didn't look like Mario or some other cartoony type. Um, I don't believe I'd ever played Resident Evil by that time, so this was probably my first exposure to that style of game. The T-Rex was terrifying. Next on my list is Final Fantasy VII. It's uh, maybe a bit cliche, but it came bundled with my PS1 when I got it for Christmas. And it was the first time I'd ever played a Final Fantasy game, and probably the first time I'd played a turn-based game. That was the start of a Final Fantasy obsession when I was a teen. Which brings me to my next big moment, Final Fantasy X. The first Final Fantasy with voice actors, albeit somewhat terrible voice acting in hindsight. I didn't just, I just didn't care. I didn't have to read anymore. I just remember being so excited that they had voices. It adds a whole different dimension to hear them talking. Also, I didn't enjoy Final Fantasy IX. This felt like a huge step up. After that, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I took a long game break, about six years I guess. Then, when I suffered from some pretty terrible depression after having my daughter, Sophie convinced me to get into con get a console again. She suggested Final Fantasy XIII because of course she did. Skyrim and Portal 2. Those were my first new experiences uh, with the PS3 and a whole new world of gaming. I liked Final Fantasy XIII, but Skyrim was a game changer. I don't exactly know much of my how much of my life I put into that game, but it was a lot. And it was also, at that time, I really needed it. And Portal 2, I have yet to find a game that compares. There just isn't anything like it. From the sadistic GLaDOS to the hilarious Wheatley and the soft-spoken killer turrets, it was just perfect. It might have been the time of my life that makes these games stand out to me, or maybe that it was just the jump to the next generation of consoles. But those games really wowed me. I can't finish this without a recent game, though the open-world mecha mechanism in God of War was something I've never seen before, and I thought it was really cool the way to open up more areas to explore. This It's amazing that games can still give us those wow moments, and God of War definitely did that for me. I had no idea what to expect with that game, and it was just such a memorable experience. Happy gaming, Jamie. I still need to play God of War. It's pretty good. It is. Let's see here. Uh, next one, gaming game moments from uh, uh, Brosnan. Bronson, excuse me, Bronson, jeez, I can't read. Not Pierce? Yeah, <laughs> Bronson, yeah, Pierce Brosnan, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Bronson uh, says, uh, Sup guys, not going to lie, I was missing the two-man episodes. No offense. 
As far as gaming moments, old and new, I agree with Drew on Bioshock. It's definitely a game I wish I could yeah. play for the first time again. Uh, it's a- it's actually my greatest achievement in not being spoiled. Yeah. I have not finished that game, and somehow I have avoided spoilers on it. Man, I've started it twice. I've gotten really far in it the second time. I got kind of stuck though. Yeah, that game that game can auto save you into some pretty bad situations. I remember that. Yeah, I I might be able to force my way through, but. On the other hand, it could be like Dead Space 2 where I was just absolutely stuck and had to restart the whole game. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'd have to pick it up. That's true. It says, uh, there seems to be so much care and, and attention to detail employed uh, to bring that world to life. And those plot twists were insane. Scouring the ruined utopia with a beautifully acted voiced dialogue, audio log playing in the background with some of the next level immersion. One of those gaming experiences I'll never yep. forget. I loved how they didn't need to spell all that stuff out. It was so much of just the way the world was and the music and the the bits and pieces really put together such a great atmosphere in that game. That was one of the most atmospheric games, I think. See here, it says, uh, as for my picks, an old game that blew me away was Super Mario RPG. There wasn't one particular moment, but up until a friend showed uh, the game to me, and then me getting it for my birthday shortly thereafter, I hated JRPGs. They seemed slow, boring, with bad graphics, and why the hell do you have to take turns in a fight? Not to mention reading. I played games not to read. Uh, Just didn't get why anyone would want to play them. But maybe it took a beloved familiar character for me to jump in. No pun intended. Uh, but I immediately fell in love with Super Mario RPG and JRPGs in general to the point that they became my favorite genre for years and remain one of my favorites to this day. As for new games go, there's a lot of them, but one game that is not that new anymore is Batman Arkham Asylum. That game came out with little fanfare as superhero games had developed a bad reputation, but when I first tried the demo, I thought, holy shit, did they do it? They actually made a good Batman game. And then when the game dropped, I was happy to find that they did. I played, it played like Bioshock in the Batman universe in third person, audio logs and all. And above all, I just felt like Batman. To this day, it's my favorite Arkham game. Something about the tightly paced, deliberate unfolding of the game's story and events grabbed me more than the later open sandbox style games. Um, though those are as good as well. Honorable mentions for Final Fantasy VII, which I didn't get to play myself at the time, but heard about the shocking events in the game uh, from friends and wished I could have experienced it on my own. I couldn't believe they'd do something like that in a video game. Very Game of Thrones-esque when the show was still good. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Uh, also, Dead Space blew me away because that game uh, coincided with my first true HD TV. I couldn't believe how good it looked and how atmospheric it was. It was one of those look-how-far-games-have-come moments. Finally, playing The Last of Us for the first time was insane. The way the narrative was portrayed was incredible, despite the themes being somewhat derivative. Um, The execution of the story was almost perfect, in my opinion, and I had 
people that don't care for nor play games at all sitting down on uh sitting down to watch uh through the entirety of it pretty impressive i'd like to add metal gear solid and resident evil 2 as matt mentioned by like final fantasy 7 uh, but like final fantasy 7 i didn't play them firsthand since i had an n64 instead of a playstation terrible choice in hindsight mm-hmm. though n64 was great too but I watched a friend of my brother's play them when he'd bring his PlayStation over. And I couldn't believe how cinematic and realistic, LOL, and mature those games seemed. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Bronson. P.S. Matt also mentioned RE2 Remake last episode. I'm just now getting to it, and holy shit, what a Ooh. masterpiece. Yeah. You beat that yet? Nope. Uh... How far have you made it? <laughs> Um, I just finally left the police station. Gotcha. All right. It's next up on my list of games, but I need to stay in this country to play it. That's if true. remote play works better, maybe maybe I could do it, but I don't know that I would want to play that game on remote play anyway. I, I want to be immersed, and I don't necessarily want to play it on a Vita screen in, in an Airbnb in a different country. Yeah, I don't blame you there. Last email comes in from Dustin. It says, uh, the title is, Is This Boat Going to Hong Kong? It says, Greetings and salutations. Drew will never find out. No, I won't. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, fellow professional forklift operators. Let's start with a warm-up race. <laughs> because nothing says work safety like a quick lap with heavy equipment. By, by open water. <laughs> yeah, next to open water, yeah. Uh, what was your average crate per hour? I think I got it up to three or four, depending on the route. Also, wouldn't it be nice if our real job would give us a raise each day if we meet quota? <laughs> no kidding. It says, uh, anyway, that forklift part was the worst part of this game by far. Why keep racing if I already beat the first time? Also, there's no way to just skip the job part. You're forced to explore just so you can talk to one person per day to continue the story thread. But finally, after five long work days, you're finished and the story wraps up pretty fast after that with some fighting finally. <laughs> even, with yeah, that it's ter- weird. even with that terrible padding at the end, I really enjoyed this game and I'm looking forward to the sequel. My, big, my first big gaming moment was probably the entirety of Final Fantasy VI. I gained before and loved playing Zelda, Mario, Metroid, Mega Man, and the Goonies, etc. But it was Final Fantasy VI that blew me away and cemented my love for the hobby. I don't want to get into the details of why, because I think that would be a great Phoenix Down game. Other games that impressed me through the years were Mario 64, Zelda Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid, Grand Theft Auto III, Shadow of the Colossus, Demon Souls... Final Fantasy Nine? No, excuse me. Final Fantasy Eleven, uh, my first MMO, and I guess more recently, God of War was very impressive. I know Matt Hazard is next, but any plans after that? Are you going to do Shinmu Two? I need to see what <laughs> happens in Hong Kong. Is Dragon's Lair on the table? When's Night Trap? How about Quest Sixty Four? Is Brute Force a bad game? Well, I better get. Uh, better go pack by the time this airs I'll be in the hospital awaiting the birth of my second child maybe if it's a boy I'll name him Rio just kidding haha 
Well, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I don't want to do Shinmo 2. I, I, I just don't. Here's a out of left field. He mentioned Dragon's Lair. What about Lair as a bad game? Lair's a bad game. I don't care what you say, Matt. <laughs> Did I ever say it was good? You said that you still enjoyed what it tried to do. That's true. <laughs> I, I, re- I respect I respect the drive to do something new, even if it doesn't succeed. Okay. I I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to do Shinmo 2. If you want to do Night Trap, sure. I do want to do Night Trap. Okay. Or you can do Night Trap. Because that, you know, that's a game I would have put all the way back on the beginning of the list, like Psychonaut style. Like, this is a game for history I feel like I should play. It also happens to be maybe a not great game, so double whammy. Well... That can definitely go on. Uh, but our next game, as Dustin mentioned, uh, and we mentioned on Twitter, is going to be uh, Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard. Um, I'm excited to see this game again. Um, I played it and um, beat it a long time ago on PS3. But uh, it's been a long time. The only thing I really remember is the funny moments. This game is a comedy, uh, and it. Uh, but I do remember it being not the best playing game. So this is one of those games. That yeah, is br- I wouldn't say broken, but it's. I remember it being frustrating. Yeah, I I remember it being man. This is kind of difficult, and if it controlled a little bit better, it wouldn't be that difficult. And if I didn't step out from something and get killed in two shots, yeah. I remember a lot of that. Yeah. The last, the the last section of that game was a nightmare. I do remember that. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's our next game. Uh, if you do want to play along with us, you can find it cheap. I got it for seven dollars. And it is also backwards compatible on the Xbox One. So there you go. I can play it in 4K. But uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for us on Shenmue here. Unless you have any other final thoughts. My only other final thought is that I would play the sequel. So are you going to play the sequel Presumably it's... Yeah, at some point, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure I ever will, but I would. I'm not opposed to it, but, you know, I'm I'm not going to play it before I play the Resident Evil 2 remake or finish off God of War or... Red Dead Redemption uh, 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 or Sekiro. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of games I want to play and haven't yeah. had time to play. So while I would play Shenmue 2, it is not at the top of that list. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, that's going to be it for us. If you would like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, that's it for us. We're going to get out of here. We will be back next week. 
if everything goes according to plan. Uh, and we're going to be doing um, uh, doing some uh, some more bad games. Eating some lead. Eating some lead. I don't. I guess we'll be the judge of that. I don't remember it enough to say is this a bad game. We'll see. But yeah, until next time. I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the beginning of Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard. <laughs>